Hello, I'm Dylan. And I'm Keon. And I'm Sergeant Drano. And this is Zenith at podcast that weighs 73 kilos because this week we watched <laughs> Orbit. By Robert Holmes. Directed by Brian Lighthill. And aired on December 7th, 1981. Finally know how much Villa weighs. <laughs> <laughs> It all makes sense now. It all makes sense now. <laughs> it really does. Actually, it doesn't. I don't know why Avon would act like that at all unless he had like a full psychotic break. But I guess we're going to get there a little bit later on. Yeah, I have it's... a suspicion that one of you might have already known how much Villa weighs. Am I right about that? Yes. Yes, you are. I've, I've known for almost a year. It's <laughs> December now. I've known since like February. It's like early in Series A. Wow. <laughs> must have been very difficult for you keeping (laughs) that dark secret for so long. Yeah, I think this is one of the ones that I I, I wanted to just blurt out the most. (laughs) And you didn't. Because of how fun it is. And you didn't. Good job. Good job. You kept it a secret. Yeah. But now that it's out there, I just don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Should have gone through with it, honestly. I would have cared even less then. (laughs) What, you should have, you know, dumped to the 73 kilos is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in regards to Doctor Who, pretty sure nothing's airing still when this uh, goes out. So there's your update for the week on that. And once again, we're joined by Sergeant Trainer, who joined us last for... I pressure don't point. Remember, pressure, but was it Pressure Point? Yeah, it was. Gan died? It was. Yes, the death of Gan, and now the almost death of Villa. Right. I'm noticing a recurring theme here. People get killed off when Drano's on, except Callie. She just died. Off, off screen. screen, yeah. Not going to let them live that one down. <laughs> so, um, I mean, before we get into it, any particular reason why you um, wanted to join us for this one, Sergeant Drano? Is, is this one of your favorites? Oh yeah, this this is absolutely my favorite episode of Blake Seven. Uh, I feel like it's just top to bottom, just a really really entertaining episode, and I, I will never forget the first time I saw it. And it, you know, it, at that time too, Avon was my favorite, but you know that moment, you know, I didn't see it coming. So uh, you know, it was kind of disturbing <laughs> at the time. I'll never forget that moment. This dead pass stare into the camera and then he gets on with business. <laughs> I mean, I saw everything else coming from a mile away. Servalan, uh, Igorian's lame plan to kill them and keep both, which is the same thing Avon did. You know, saw it all coming from a mile away, to be honest. I was a lot younger. <laughs> Yeah, but I, but I mean also that moment where where Orac tells Avon how much Villa weighs, and then he he <laughs> he goes at you know it almost becomes I mean if he had if he had a, a bladed weapon this would be like slasher pick level stuff right especially with that Dudley Simpson soundtrack in the background. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, that could have gone in any episode, right? I don't think that's like specific to this episode. Like basically any episode this season where Avon and Villa are escaping. Well, a lot of of people consider that Avon's breakdown at the end of Gold, like his full, you know, the full breakdown of his (laughs) mind. (laughs) 
Yes, well, I wanted to talk about that, too, when we get there. Right. <laughs> but first, it opens. How does it open? Uh, I think th- I it think opens on the Scorpio, and they're, they're discussing a Grorian. Yeah, this is very similar to the opening of... Ah, damn it, now I'm not remembering. Even though I remembered five like minutes ago. Like half the episode. Like, yeah, like half the episodes this season, but one in particular where they're wondering if he's alive or not, and they're like, yeah, he's probably alive, but it could be a trap. It's like the exact same thing that happened again this season. Right. Or I guess before this season, and this would be the or again did, instance. Since you can't remember. No, it, 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 it definitely did. Prove it! <laughs> no, it, uh, it definitely did. Mm. Definitely did. <laughs> yeah, but they they're continuing on this um, this thing of... It was of, sand. I remember now. Sand. Right. Sand. Oh, but it, with sand, it was it was Servalan and, and um, What's-His-Face who were discussing all of this. I think. Yeah, but I mean, when we meet the Scorpio crew, they're still like, well, wonder if Kela is alive. He's probably not because it's been like 20 years, but we're going to go anyway. <laughs> I mean, in that instance, it's the opposite as this one, though. He's, he's actually dead, but same, same setup. Same yeah. setup. Sort of. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and so did you guys notice, maybe maybe this is just me, but Dana has a new outfit, right? Three episodes before the end of the show? It's not that. Or, or was Different? it new or was it or, or am I just making that up? You might just be making it up. <laughs> God. Well, I know Avon went back to his first half of the season outfit, right? Right. And yeah. It seemed like seemed like most of the rest of them stuck with their second half of the season outfit. I did not wasn't paying enough attention to Dana, so I couldn't tell for sure about her. I think somebody realized they could make the outfits more interesting if they mixed and mixed, 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 mixed and matched between the two halves of the seasons. So. Yeah, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to. Well, the maybe last she just went back to her first half of the season outfit, so that's why we didn't really know. pick up on it because she's worn it before, but it's just huh. not the same. You know, there's a couple explanations here, for sure. But yeah, basically they're like, we're gonna send Tarrant and Dana <laughs> down. We don't find out for a while, but Agrorian actually invited them, so that's the sort of um, new element to to the the going after experts trend in this episode it's barely <laughs> new you're giving them a lot more credit than, than they deserve. <laughs> this episode is also super star trek there are a lot of elements in this episode basically lifted straight from star trek uh, the video call is like in the exact same style that it's done in star trek tachyons are like Star Trek sonic screwdriver, basically. They use them, like, every other week to get out of whatever nonsense situation they're in. Like, there's a lot of things that are pretty much stolen from Star Trek in this one. Wait, what Star Trek, though? Any Star Trek. You're talking about Star Trek that, like, aired after this was made, right? Uh, I mean, the video calls were on the original series multiple times. Tachyons were a Next Generation thing predominantly. It may have been the inspiration for Tachyons. Wow, tacky. Wow. <laughs> Except it's spelled C-H and not C-K. Akira's so. <laughs> just doing a deal with it. <laughs> Hand motion. 
I've secretly been doing communicating via hand motions for the entire podcast. That's yeah, not true. <laughs> no, it's not. Having been sitting across the table from you for the past 50 episodes, that's not true. But yeah, Avon volunteers Dana for this, and she seems uh, remarkably okay with this. He's like, well, I was hoping you would volunteer, and Dana's like, yep, I'm gonna go down to the planet. Well, right away, Avon seems a little more unhinged than he usually is. Unlimited Avon. <laughs> Villa has a line, and I mean, just knowing what happens near the end of the episode, I was going to keep like a running tally of lines of like, oh God, Villa's going to die lines, but there's only really this one. He says, you know, I like to stick with you, Avon, where it's safe. Yep. And well, then Avon says it back to him later. Yeah. Yeah, Avon brings it back around. It the cheek. <laughs> Well, Villa says something like, this could be a trap. So I'm going to, you know, before that, he says, well, this could be a trap. That's why I'm staying with you, Avon. And then Avon says, well, why do you think I'm sending Tarrant then? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yep, that's a smart leader. Send Tarrant. Yep, perfect choice. Tarrant isn't even the most disposable member of the crew anymore now that they have a ship that actually requires concentration to be able to fly. Yeah, except Terrence, a really lame pilot, and that's probably why they left Villa to pilot the ship last week in yeah. gold. Yeah. Yep. Villa was able to perform all those complicated docking maneuvers that in this story, Terrence is like, well, it's impossible. So really makes you wonder if Terrence is, uh, Terrence just, you know. You're still pilot. wondering about that? <laughs> yeah, well, that I was mean, made clear to me in sand. <laughs> well, that was made clear to me in Harvest of Kairos. But I mean, Our like, names. you know, the wiki's like, Tarrant indicates that it's impossible to dock with a moving ship in this episode. And then I was like, well, maybe that's not a continuity error. Maybe that's Tarrant just being a really bad pilot and just him not being able to dock with a moving spaceship. And Villa can. Probably. I mean, they did it in, they literally <laughs> they did, did it in gold. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. And, and Villa was piloting in gold. So yeah. that's why I'm saying maybe maybe it's just Tarrant being like, uh, uh, it's impossible. <laughs> It's not possible. Terrence seizing his opportunity to kill both Avon and Villa in one swoop. It's not possible. Stay in orbit, but get half points. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Oh, Terrence. Really hope Terrence eats it in a really hilarious way by the end of the season, but I don't know if he will. That would redeem Terrence in my eyes if you just if he just, just like, like trips over a rock yeah, and just trips <laughs> just trips and falls <laughs> under like a sword or something it's just sitting there like for no readily apparent reason I'm just like well that makes it all worth it hey what if what if Avon had taken Tarrant with him instead of Villa well then he could have just kicked Tarrant out of the airlock and I wouldn't have counted at all I would have been like yeah good job Avon <laughs> Yeah, everybody else would just be like, "Yeah, I'm pretty." Yeah, I mean, I know you're saying that as a joke, but I, I do think people would be more okay with, like, on a serious level. I do think people would be more okay with with this thing with Avon at the end if it were Terrence oh, instead yeah. of Villa. Possibly even like cheering him on, like, "Yeah, I'm <laughs> down." Go, 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 go. You also, but you got to remember, Tarrant isn't as smart as Villa, so he probably wouldn't have figured out a, a, as good of a place to hide. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't have found a place at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tarrant's like that kid. Like when you're playing hide and seek as a kid, there's always like that one kid who like can't decide where to hide, and like you come out looking for all the other people, and they're just like standing there, like, uh, uh where do I go? <laughs> well, in Assassin. <laughs> 
when Avon and Tarrant are throwing shade at each other, he tells Tarrant that he's got more brawn than brain. So, I mean, Tarrant would just run around with his gun waiting for Avon to pop up to try to shoot him, and Avon would outsmart him, if we're being yeah. honest here. If we're being yeah. honest. He would pull, Avon would pull an investigator Reeve on him. <laughs> well, so at first, I didn't realize Agrorian's name was Agrorian because Avon talks about Agrorian theory of parallel matter and i thought it was like you know when you talk yeah. about yeah yeah you know what i'm saying you had like, ian like real science or something like darwinian or something like yeah that. like darwinian theory of evolution his name's actually so darwin but it's darwinian so he said like igrorian <laughs> theory of parallel matter <clears throat> i thought uh, maybe his name was igrorian I, I guess it should technically be the igorianian yeah <laughs> of parallel matter yeah that's a good point or just like Agrorian's theory. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like I he's sort of. I prefer Agrorianian. But I mean, it's <laughs> kind of. Well. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, Einstein's theory of relativity. Like Einstein ends in Ein uh -huh. as well. So. Uh. But it does seem like Agrorian theory yeah. is sort of like fringe. And his name is Igor. Like Igor is what I thought they were yeah. going for here, like Terry Nation version of Igor. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's what I thought was, was funny is that Igorian lives on like the most desolate place we've seen in the show so far, yet his name is so close to like Agrarian. <laughs> well, a planet's name, ah, shoot, what was it? I want to look it up. Uh, Maladar. Yeah. Malady. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. That's what I thought of when I heard it. Malador. Mm -hmm. Nice job, Holmes. <laughs> nice job, Bob. <laughs> we should also point out, since we mentioned Robert Holmes, and I think we corrected ourselves on Trust Your Doctor, but not this podcast. Is that no, we've been, we did. No, we did. We, we corrected we, ourselves, but we may as well do it again. Yeah, Robert, we've been saying that Robert Holmes wrote the war games for like the past year, but... He didn't. We, it was we Malcolm corrected Hulk. it in the jankiest way possible because your transition was speaking of retrospectively changing oh, things. Oh, right, right, right. My bad. But yeah, we were spreading fake news, so to speak. So who did write it? Uh, Malcolm Hulk. Oh, Hulk? Yep. Yeah, Malcolm Hulk, who wrote some of the best stories of that era, including the faceless ones. H-U-L-K? Yes. E. I think there's an E at the end. Yeah, there's an E at the end. Oh, okay. You wouldn't like Incredible. him when he's angry. <laughs> yeah, when he's angry, he writes stories about, like, socialism and communism. And Sounds like an incredible writer. He was actually, he was good. And yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty haha, prolific. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> the Incredible Hulk <Yeah>. presents <laughs> some talks. <laughs> Wonder if he wrote for the Avengers. I doubt it. Wow. <laughs> Only every so often. Every Not all so the time. often. <laughs> <laughs> so Avon and his buddies are they make contact with the Groyan and yes. Avon's like, Yes, Agrorian's alive. Gonna get some sick tech out of him. Yep. I think Agrorian is the, the best acted and scripted of these experts so far. Just, what about so Kilo though? No, he's just All Kilo had to do was stand there and be dead. <laughs> <laughs> he did it pretty well. <laughs> and he had a pretty big effect on Servine at that for being dead. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to give this one to Kilo. Actually, I got a quick question uh, for you guys about Kilo. 
Um, do you think now it's, it seemed to be that that particular episode, it seemed to me like there was some confusion as to whether the sand just preserved him really well or whether the sand had literally been keeping him alive until like minutes before they opened the door to that area because then it could kill him because it had more people. And I like to think that he literally just got killed by the sand like minutes before Servalet saw him again. But they don't really say that. Maybe I'm just making this up now. Wasn't there a line from Tarrant where he he says, like, oh, the sand preserved their bodies? Although, again, that's him just speculating and and checking out the computers and stuff. It's also Tarrant. Correct. It's also Tarrant. Yeah, I I never thought of that. I I really like that idea that, like, he was was alive, like, right uh, uh, beyond the door. Until Tarrant showed up. Yep. (laughs) With his extra manly hair. Yeah. <laughs> Tar- the alpha male. Speaking of hair, Agrorian's hairstyle is on point, you know? Long hair Mo- plus bald um, top. crown. Mo- moly, moly, moly. <laughs> I mean, he looks like, uh, f- shoot, Fire Tuck? I don't know. One of those monks in one of those... Something. Friar Tuck was a bear, though. <laughs> not, in, not in the Disney version. <laughs> not in the Disney version. <laughs> Wait, he wasn't a bear in the Disney version? No, he was a bear in the Disney version, but I'm referring to not the Disney <laughs> version. Uh, not the Disney version. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought both of those guys were really well characterized. Uh, well, yeah, he's got an assistant named uh, Pinder. Pin, Pinder. Haven't we had yes. Pinder on this show before? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't remember. They're like great, great mad scientist characters. Even their their their, their outfits, just you know, perfect to a T. Right, crazy laughter. Yeah, just great. Well, Igroyan's supposed to be unattractive to some extent. Mainly right. to that hairstyle. And they've given him a nice big mole on or, his, uh, under his right nostril. <laughs> right. And he's, he's also, he's, he's sort of, I think like we mentioned, a fringe guy, right? He was ousted by, well, we find out more about that later, but he was supposedly ousted by, I think, the scientific community yeah we find out kind of why later on but he's kind of in exile for he's this one, he's one of those theorists that like the community just couldn't handle and they're like well all your theories paint all our ideas as wrong and if those are true then we're all wrong so well also you find out later he gets ousted for some non-scientific <laughs> things <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but I liked how he was just as cunning, if not more cunning than. Well, actually, no, he wasn't more cunning. Yeah, than he Avon, wasn't because he, just... he was almost as cunning as Avon. <laughs> almost, yeah. almost. It almost didn't cut it for him. Yeah, well, yep. if he just hid in that block of plastic better, then he would have been more <laughs> cunning than Avon. Yeah, what was he thinking? Maybe right in the middle of the floor. <laughs> <laughs> they won't notice this. <laughs> <laughs> Avon proceeds to immediately trip over as soon as she walks in. What is this? 
<laughs> if only uh, Groyan had thought to not put that little plastic truck on there that you could move the uh, neutron star on with. I mean, you, not even that. There were like a billion other things he could have done to get this ship to crash instead of putting a neutron <laughs> star on. He could have just siphoned out some of the fuel. Uh, it's an automatic shuttle, so he could have just reprogrammed it. You know, there, there. He just thrown a bunch of junk in a closet. Yeah, I mean, but that would have been easy to remove. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's true, I guess. It is interesting how they chuck the Tachyon funnel out, but not once do they consider chucking Orak out. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, when, when Ava, like Villa comes up to Avon, he's like, should I chuck this? And he's like, yes, like, every kilo counts yet. And he, he wants to jettison Villa as well. And not, like, once does he consider throwing Orak out. Well, maybe he it just didn't been, think about it. Also, it Orak's been, the one who has to tell them if they've ejected enough yeah, mass. If they throw Orak out, they're really <laughs> literally flying blind at that point. <laughs> it would have been nice for Avon to ask Orak how much he how much Orak weighs. And see what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His Orak goes, uh <laughs> oh, barely anything. <laughs> I feel a fantasy Blake Seven idea coming on. Well, <laughs> check, check out Orak. Orak. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to give too much away about my fantasy Blake Seven because I'm doing an alternate series five, but uh, Avon and Villa. You know, it'd be pretty similar to uh, the story. Oh, okay. But I don't want to give too much away. If I did an alternate Series 5, all the characters would be different and would be set years after any of this. It'd be like the Logan to the X-Men Origins Wolverine of Series D. (laughs) Sure, if you want to make that (laughs) odd analogy. So so are you talking like a reboot or are you talking like, uh, like just a long time after with different people because everybody else is like gone or dead or something yeah i mean i'm imagining like the same continuity right just like in universe dozens of years later oh, okay well, my series five is gonna dozens. blow your mind my series five is gonna revolutionize blake seven <laughs> fandom as we know it. It, it, it absolutely won't do that not as much as mine won't <laughs> <laughs> My fantasy Blake Seven is just Blake Seven as we got it. <laughs> your, your dreams come true. Right? It's like one minor change. <laughs> like someone combs their hair the other way. <laughs> Paul Dara combs his hair the other way in Series D. Gan takes over the crew. <laughs> Blake dies instead of Gan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> All right, well, back to the story at hand. The last yes. episode's called Gan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I guess now we know uh, that Avon pronounces his name, he pronounces his own name, Avon. Yes. Because he, he says this is Avon. On the privateer Scorpio. Yeah, the calling. privateer Scorpio. <laughs> really, really posturing there. Even. <laughs> oh, man. just like, I, I already know all this. I don't know why you told me all this. Grorian you know? is something of a, of a Scorpio slash Liberator fanboy, right? He knows about Orac. I, I mean, I guess Servalan told him, but. Well, yeah. he's got it as a, he's got Scorpio as a screensaver, right? <laughs> Does he? 
Yeah, yeah, it pops up on his computer there, and they both laugh at it. Oh. I knew I was talking to you! <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> computer, cancel! <laughs> Well, I thought that was kind of like Pinda's like, oh, look, the Scorpio arrived. Uh, Like a video, a live video feed of Scorpio in orbit around Maladar. Oh, you thought it was a live video? You didn't think it was a screensaver? Yeah, I thought it was like live video. Oh, Oh, my bad. I don't know. know, Could be either. But then Igorian's like, well, I'll turn on my video feed to prove that it's me, because you are. And he turns it on for like two seconds. He's like, well, you saw that it was me. And then he turns it off. <laughs> yeah, so, like, and there goes I guess the whole special e- effects budget for the whole story. <laughs> so Yvonne knows what Igorian looks like then, and that confirms it, I guess. Yeah. I guess. It's nice to know that it's an infallible video feed. Well, that's yeah. Avon just throwing heavy shade at Igorians. Like, well, you've developed an infallible auto shell, so have you developed an infallible video feed? Little did he know that, like, Igorian actually had. I mean, he's supposedly the biggest genius in the galaxy. Man, where have we heard that before? Oh, right. There was Dorian, and there was Ensor, and there was that guy who built the Headhunter. You know, the greatest geniuses in the galaxy. Yep. Except, no, no, now it actually is the greatest genius in the galaxy. Yeah, sure, like, I believe that. Maybe there should be an alternate version of Blake 7 where all these genius guys form, like... Ensor 7. Crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ensor and Dorian and Keeler. Igorian's <laughs> <laughs> the Gan of the group. Uh, Doctor, what's her name from Star Drive, is the uh, Cali of the group. Plaxton, she's the Cali of the group. Or maybe Dorian is the Avon of the group, since he's, like, must kill everybody. Well, yeah, Dorian's going to be the Avon. Uh, Plaxton's going to be the Callie, because she's the female character who's basically the best, the most trustworthy and best character. (laughs) We have Igorian, who's, like, the Gan of the group, because he claims to be really smart and fits in, but evidence (laughs) is lacking. (laughs) He made a gun that could shoot anything from anywhere. Great, we've had that before. <laughs> no, this is better what? than Amy Pack. Is it? Better. Yes, is it is. it? Amy Pack, we got, we got surveying, like, <laughs> shooting people with Amy Pack. With Amy Pack, you don't even know you've been shot. Amy Pack was just dumb. <laughs> you yeah. shoot somebody, shoot them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Tachyon machine, you can just pull up anything, anywhere, press a button, and it explodes. Yeah. But you're going to point the Tachyon. Well, see, there's a fatal flaw with the Tachyon machine, which is that, like... You can't really fire it from inside the Scorpio because then it would just vaporize the Scorpio while it's at it since the tachyon would have to go through the Scorpio to get outside. So they'd have to like somehow attach it to the outside of Scorpio if they wanted to blow up planets well, with they, it. Well, they shoot it from inside Maladar Command with no problem and it blows up some planet somewhere. Does it? Or a star. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was yeah, the demonstration, remember? Yeah, there's a little dem- demonstration of it on the view screen there. There's yeah. nothing to say that that could, could have just been faked video. Yeah, that's. I was going to bring that up when we got that. <laughs> it's an infallible fact, I think video. It, I think thing. it is a faked video, actually. <laughs> yeah, probably is. Which means even pack is better. <laughs> <laughs> that guy can be the uh, the tarrant of the group. But he can be the villain of the group, the guy who just wants to chill back and escape and just relax. <laughs> I like to think that's a headhunter guy. 
Dang it. Why can't uh, I, I can't remember that guy's because name Because he doesn't actually show up in that episode. His robot just his dead body takes does. on his persona for a while. <laughs> hey, maybe his robot would be the Orac of the group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Why not? Even though Orac could be the Orac of the group <laughs> since we've got Ensoy leading this band of misfit geniuses. Maybe the Orac would be that robot, but with Orac on its neck. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> solid. This is, good. this is solid gold material right here. <laughs> is it? <laughs> I mean, I do actually. I like the idea. The guy from Gold can be the Tarrant of the crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of computers, did you guys notice how deferential Slave was in this? I feel like Avon maybe reprogrammed him or told him to, like, because he refers to Avon as, like, yes, you, you know, sup- you, uh, superior. No one can stand up to your superior intellect or and whatever. He goes on and on about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's never well, been. You know, this. He usually does that, but he is even more subservient than usual. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, it's like some slave. inferior being is attempting to communicate with you. Right. <laughs> so. Maybe he's just so beat down by Avon that he's just he's trying to suck up to Avon. You know, <laughs> he realizes that Avon is the alpha male, so he needs to suck up to Avon. Avon is especially cheerful in the early early parts of this episode. He's like in a really good mood. I think it's the same mood he was in at the end of Gold when he's like, ah, I just <laughs> <it's so rich."> <laughs> <laughs> that pained smile. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so him and Villa go down. And there's yep. this humorous exchange on the auto shuttle where they're going down where Villa's like, I've got a gun. And Villa's like, are you stupid? He's got, like, gun scan. And he's like, in the dome, but not on this ship. And he's like, I'm going to hide this on the ship in case we need it. And Villa's like, we're never going to be able to get to it if we need it then. And then Avon's just like, better make sure we don't need it then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we talk about the uh, Chekhov's gun thing. We talked about it last week with, with Maurice. Yeah. But this is, you know, a better, I guess, example. I right? don't remember that. That's because it hasn't happened for you yet. <laughs> oh, tachyons, damn it. <laughs> well, this gun does show up again later when they're chucking things out of the space yeah. shuttle. Yep. Orak, how much does this gun weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Orak, how much do I weigh? Orak, how much can I eat today without gaining weight? <laughs> Using Orak as their personal life coach. <laughs> Step counter, just like carrying Orac. Orac around on their shoulder. Orac, how much have I walked today? <laughs> well, so they get down, yep. and Igorian's like, "What's up?" And then Pinda's like, "Hello, ma'am." And and then <laughs> tries to play this. I was like, "Ah, uh, uh, Pinda thinks in, sig- in uh, symbols." And Villa's like, "He doesn't have a symbol for man and woman." And then he's like, "Well, evidently not." <laughs> like, wouldn't, wouldn't you know, Igorian? <laughs> <laughs> well, this starts. This starts like this weird trend of of Pinder. I mean, because Pinder joined Agrorian's team of two when he was eighteen, <laughs> as they find out later. Just nine years ago, right? Which I mean, he he he's very unaware about the world for for an eighteen. You know, someone who went into isolation at eighteen. Well, he might be senile, partly. Oh, so right, might be senile. Right, right. He got hit by that. What do they call it? Hubble's radiation. Hubble's radiation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh no, I think Sergeant Drano just got hit with <laughs> Hubble's radiation. Hubble's radiation. <laughs> Curses. <laughs> Drat. <laughs> Let's credit to the theory that everybody we talk to talk about on the podcast dies. Oh, God. <laughs> that theory that we made up when people we talked about on the podcast died. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed. Someday <laughs> I will die. Well, I mean, think about yeah, I mean, think about it in these terms. Everyone we've talked about on this podcast has either died or will die. Just like a hundred percent of people who drink H two O die. <laughs> Cut out H two O now. <laughs> but anyway, there's only one character in this room now who who is uh, who's close to death. There's a brush. <laughs> With well, death maybe later two. on, yeah, maybe, maybe actually, maybe all but one. Uh, actually, all of them. <laughs> oh, never mind. But this is when Agrorian introduces his tachyon technology. Yes, his tachyon beam. Mm-hmm. Tachyons they, are theoretical they, particles that can travel faster than light. Tachyons are a real <laughs> thing, by the way. Yeah. I know I gave Star Trek <laughs> guff for using it as their sonic screwdriver to get out of jail free card, but tachyons are a real thing. Yeah, Although it's unlikely it would do any of the properties that both Star Trek and Blake <laughs> yeah. Seven attribute to it. <laughs> yeah, there there are moments in this where you know Agrorian starts explaining the physics behind it or whatever, and I don't know if any of it was was real real or not. But every time he starts, Avon is like, "No, I you know I don't really care," and then he just goes on with it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, they they do this demonstration. Uh, they blow up this planet supposedly. Although I, I was thinking that too. Maybe this is just you know a video. Yep, I was pretty sure it was a video. To be honest. I mean, considering Servland is like in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> considering Servland didn't just take his tachyon gun and use it to blow up the Scorpio, since apparently he could just point it from wherever at whatever and just blow something up, right? Well, then you'd, then you'd lose Orac. Right, that that was so, the one thing. She's a freaking gun that can destroy anything well, in the no, universe. That, that's what made me question, because um, Servland was after Orac, so she didn't want to blow up the Scorpio with the tachyon machine. And they talk about yeah. that, so I, I guess yeah. the machine is actually, you know, real. Oh, yeah, it's real. Yeah. Mm, still skeptical. She could have blown up literally anything else. I mean, she's trying to assert power again, right? Just blow up the head of the Federation again, and all of a sudden, you're president yeah, again. Yeah, the, the tachyon machine is more pow- powerful than ORAC. It's probably the most powerful. Yeah. It's probably the most powerful device on Blake Seven. Really? Why would you yeah. need ORAC if you have the tachyon machine? I feel like the only reason why she wants ORAC is because she maybe she knows the tachyon machine is just doesn't work. And yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, they seem pretty serious about uh, trying to recover it uh, because of the the crash zone that they planned for the the ship to to land in. Right. Yeah, I mean that's I guess, true. I mean, like many things, Just I mean, doing a little bit, except for Avon and Villa, who will be jailed. We don't, we don't know. I, I mean, we don't know. Well, I still don't like understand why she would need Orac if she has the tachyon machine. Like, what would Orac give her that the tachyon just, machine? It could just her? be like an ego thing. Like they got Orac before I did. I need to get it back. Why does she care so much about <laughs> yeah, Orac? Three seasons now, she's been trying to get Orac back <laughs> longer than she spent trying to kill Blake. If you Orac's really think great. about it. Yep. Who knows? Who knows? There's a weird line. Uh, right about now when Avon and Villa leave and Avon's like, 
you know, Pinder called us ma'am, and Will's like, it was just a mistake. And he's like, well, maybe he was trained to call someone ma'am. Like, Sutherland! Like, Sutherland! And then uh, Will is like, wait, what? And then, Vil, and then Avon says something like, this is a weird line, and it's the final note for the story. She's never far from my thoughts. And I was like, are they trying to set up, are they like, trying to actually make that romance between Avon and Serverland a thing? Or is Serverland <laughs> just so unhinged at this point that, like, all he does is think about ways to kill Serverland? Well, you saw him in gold. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in gold, he really thought he had won right up until the final minute, and then he was like, uh, I lost. Yeah, yeah, but they have that moment on the planet where they're like, oh, you know. It had to be you, Serverland. So undressing each you. other with their eyes. Yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely something, you know, there. Maybe that's another reason why Avon's setting Tarrant down, is because uh, the love of his life, Serverland, cheated on him with his <laughs> subordinate Tarrant. <laughs> Servalan is actually great in this. Jacqueline Pierce does it. It's because they use it very sparingly. <laughs> Just, <laughs> wow! Burn! Well, no, but I mean, like, Servalan as a character was always more menacing when they used her sparingly, like... Yeah. The only exception I can think to, to that is Sand, where the whole episode yeah. was about Servalan. Everything, right. like, in between this, like, appearance-wise levels between this and Sand is just, like... She becomes kind of like a running joke in this season. <laughs> Which isn't Jacqueline she Pierce's fault. She she's killing it on the acting front. It's just like oh, yeah. overexposure type thing. It's like a Dalek type of deal, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. She she's in this episode just enough, I think. Yeah, and that, I mean that's what I'm trying to say is that like her appearance in this episode was like just enough to be really menacing and mm-hmm. and scary. Plus, then Jacqueline Pierce's acting on top of that makes it perfect. Yeah, and I feel like the guy who plays Agorian does a really good job of. Being a playing ball. opposite her, you know, so you, a lot of times when you've got Servalin and other bad guys along with her, I mean, they just kind of fall into the background next to Jacqueline Pierce. But uh, Agroyan sticks with you, I think. Well, because Jax just has such a commanding presence when she's in the room, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of other, uh, like, second command type guys or, or just other villains they're kind of similar to Servalan they have their own ambition like the guy in Sand for example you know maybe he, he, he's almost just like a lesser Servalan right he's in it for power he, he wants control Agrorian is not you know that type of character right he's 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 more comical he's almost cartoonish mm-hmm. and it just works really well well, now we see while Avon and Villa are going up to get Orac, because the deal is Orac for the Tachyon gun. Uh, again, mm-hmm. why would you need Orac if you have the Tachyon gun? Avon seems to realize that you don't need Orac if you've got the Tachyon gun. <laughs> I mean, literally, there's no reason once they exchange Orac for the Tachyon gun for Avon not to just take the Tachyon gun into space and just shoot Malador and just kill Servalan and Igrorian <laughs> in one swoop, right? Like, well, they knew it was a trap the, the whole time, so... Or they kind of thought. I mean, I was thinking this while they were on the ship. I was like, there's a really simple solution to this whole thing, right? Just use the tachyon gun while you're on the ship to blow up Malador. Gravity's the thing that's keeping you down, right? So just remove gravity from the equation, remove Malador from the equation. I was like, it seems really obvious to me. Yeah, they'd probably get caught up in the explosion. But the explosion would send them outwards, though. The shockwaves. <laughs> and shockwaves don't travel in space because there's nothing for it to travel through. So and then and they'd be jellified. They weren't in space though; they were still on the <laughs> still in the, the atmosphere, planet. I guess. But the shockwave would have sent them outwards. Or they might Wouldn't have just like them? gotten blown up, you know. 
Know, and based on based on that video footage of the planet exploding, I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> I'm go with no. Well, if if you use the tachyon photo to destroy the planet, would uh, I mean okay, that breaks the planet, but it, does it actually remove the mass? Well, they'll spread the mass out, so the gravity will no longer be contained. This you know the center of mass will move. Okay. And I mean, I don't know how the tachyon gun works in this theoretical universe. <laughs> I mean, because when we see the explosion on the video screen, it looks like there's a big explosion, then like literally nothing's left, which would mean the, I guess, it converts all the matter into energy. And then, yeah, then the mass would be gone and then there would be no more gravity. There'd just be all this energy that gets put into the universe. Hmm. Sounds harmful. As blight, I to guess. shuttles. <laughs> Probably turns it all into Hoffler's radiation. <laughs> Hoffler's radiation. <laughs> <laughs> does lend um, viability to the idea that the tachyon machine is just a fake which I, I like that idea it fits in very well with Blake 7 I think fits in very oh. well with Egroyan being this cunning mastermind who's trying to outfaint uh-huh. Avon and almost yeah. gets away with it if it wasn't for that meddling <laughs> Avon, Avon copy I mean ORAC copy <laughs> Avon says he's been working on ORAC 2.0 and that's what they give they give Egroyan later on yep. and I was like Avon you're not smart enough to build it <laughs> that yeah i mean he's not it's just a, a box with little lights inside of it yeah i, I love that servalan actually calls it this episode <laughs> that's just a box of flashing lights <laughs> <laughs> well i love what avon says when he he, he when he um, mentions it to villa he's like that wasn't orac i've been i created you know this orac thing as like a contingency plan never know when mm. you might need a replica of orac yeah <laughs> well, i mean it makes sense <laughs> I mean, it's like when the fourth Doctor made K9 2.0, like, about 10 minutes after K9 Mark 1 got dumped with Leela. He's like, well, just make a new K9, which is, like, in many ways far superior to K9 Mark 1, so it kind of sucks for Leela to get dumped with the Mark 1. But... I like it that he calls it ORAC 2.0, but when really, you know, it it is just a box of flashing lights. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting is that he calls it 2.0, which typically when you call something 2.0, it's supposed to be an advancement upon the technology that was the 1.0. But, you know, Avon's, I guess, definition of advancement in this case is that ORAC stops speaking to you. I can see that being handy, though. Like, if somebody boards your ship or something and they're trying to get ORAC and they see that sitting there, you know, good idea. I mean, I'm pretty sure he thought of it after Dawn of the Gods when they were like, we want ORAC. We're going (laughs) to blow up the entire universe for ORAC. And Avon's like, he is ORAC. (laughs) But they use ORAC as a small gnome, whatever, a dwarf. Maybe you're right. Maybe ORAC 2.0 is called ORAC 2.0 because he has even more bombs installed inside him. Even more lights. <laughs> <laughs> no, bombs. Bombs. Remember, ORAC's yeah. got a bomb in it, remember? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. <laughs> Why didn't they just put a bomb in ORAC and blow it up when the shuttle left? What? He already has a bomb in him. I mean, ORAC 2.0. Like, why didn't Avon put a bomb in ORAC 2.0 and then just, like, he could take out Servland and he go- Avon really drops the ball in this one, you know. I'm gonna <laughs> dang it, Avon. What are you doing, man? I mean, really though, he he, he had a well, ripe opportunity right there. Uh, Groyan's infallible weapon scanner would probably pick up bombs in ORAC 2.0. I mean, I guess, but but that begs the question: it would have picked it up in ORAC 1.0, right? Surely Servland would have told Groyan there was a bomb in ORAC, right? Well, she doesn't right. know. Well, How would she know that? Well, but I mean, look at it this way. The writers 
uh, just as much as us forgot about this bomb. So there <laughs> That's you go. It's true, but <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a doylist point of view here. See, that was the big tip-off that we should have known it was a fake ORAC from the start when they wheeled it in and it didn't set off the weapon scanner. Ah, wow. That's giving Bob Holmes too much credit, I think. (laughs) No, I don't think so. (laughs) No, I think so. No, I think so. Anyway, when they get back to the Scorpio, Tarrant gives them a a printout, and by printout I mean uh, just a little device. Plastic card. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) he he calls it a printout, though. It's nothing printed. It's a thing with a screen on it. Here's the printout. <laughs> this is like a uh, an instance of like, all right, what was written in the script, and they're like, all right, shoot, we got to make this. They're gonna make this like more technologically advanced, or like, well, we have this thing lying around this prop, so we're gonna use this instead. This doesn't add up. Like an uh, iPad. Yeah. <laughs> this is an iPad. But what this sort of reveals is uh, Agrorian's political conspiracies. Yep. Let's take over the Federation. Tried to overthrow the Federation in his younger days. It also mentions that Pinda's only 27, so. (laughs) Right. Those those were lies that were, you know, put in there by people who were being unfair. Right. How can I forget? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like like you mentioned, they, they also find out that Pinder is supposedly only 27 or 28? 27. It, it doesn't matter. I think it's 28, but something around that. So, which would indicate that he's, he looks much older than he, you know, age was not kind to him. Right. Right. I'm sure it wasn't any supernatural science fiction thing going on, right? He just aged poorly. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was the, what's it called? The Hubble's hub, radiation. Hubble's radiation. <laughs> Hubble's? <laughs> Oh, 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 apple. Apple. Well, Hubbles? Apple. I also Hubble. thought it was Hubble. <clears throat> no, it's not Hubble. Hmm. Hubble is what they use to watch the planet getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, when Avon and Villa go back down, Igorian explains it as the Hubble's radiation. Avon doesn't buy it, but. I mean, Igorian also it, like it, offhandedly mentions Serverland, and everyone's like, well, "Why would you mention Serverland? I thought she was dead." And Igorian's like, "Oh, just you know, just rumors, you know, that she's <laughs> changed her name." <laughs> I mean, you never know what's true these days. Looking into his uh, webcam, <laughs> the Serverland's watching on the camera like, "You fool." <laughs> Well, so they make the trade, then they they leave. Avon kind of flips a little switch on Orac, uh, which mm-hmm. I at first I thought like, oh, I see how they're gonna get Orac out. They just put a teleport bracelet on Orac, and then now they're just gonna beam Orac out as soon as Avon well, and Villa have left. Uh, but that wasn't it at all, actually. Uh, oh, uh, uh, just real quick, <laughs> how about uh, the way uh, Agorian treats Pender? He like almost breaks his arm and stuff. Oh yeah, when and, then, <laughs> and then when he's threatening to to get revenge on these people who lied about him on his file, Villa comes back with, oh, "What are you gonna do? Break their arms?" <laughs> but he 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 definitely bullies Pender. Now, do you guys think this is just me, or or was um, Agrorian sort of a coded gay character? Right. I mean, because when Villa when he sits down next to Villa, he's he's like he's stroking Villa's oh, yeah. arm and things like that. So. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly. Yeah, he's straight gay, bisexual. I mean, there's definitely some sort yeah, of attraction yeah. to Serverland as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Because oh, yeah. he strokes Serverland's face when they're sitting down, much to Serverland's disgust. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he does stroke Serverland's face when they're kind of sitting next to each other. Mm-hmm. And he gets down on his knees and begs her <laughs> for like her love. And she's like, you've already got that. And then she turns away to like, oh, that killed me inside to say. <laughs> Servalan just using Igorian for her own purposes. But they get away with it. They get away with the, the this ploy to use the fake war act. They get the tachyon machine onto the, the shuttle. Yeah. And they're about to leave. It's kind of cool. They're both outsmarting each other at this stage. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like that sort of aspect. They're almost cat and mouse game aspect of it. Faints and counterfeints. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Scorpio, Taryn is like, wow, they actually did it. I didn't think they would actually get away with it. I just realized there's like, I just realized there's totally foreshadowing to how Avon tricks Agrorian halfway through the story when Pinder claims checkmate and Avon goes, well, how can you tell the king apart from the queen? Totally foreshadows him making a fake copy of Orac that Agrorian can't tell the difference between that and the real Orac. <laughs> The fact that Agrorian can't tell the difference between the king and the queen and that he... Oh, wow. I just realized that. Brilliant. And then Agrorian... You seem more blown away with this than you might... Than you possibly should be. <laughs> I just realized. I think that's really smart. Ah, oh, wow. What you failed to notice is that the pieces on the chess game have words like sand and gas and nitro. <laughs> no. <laughs> So they get away with it. No, 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 they don't. <laughs> they don't, because Servlang comes in and is like, you fool, it's a freaking fake. And he goes, like, it's fine, the ship's going to crash anyway. And Servlang's like, oh, okay. In the marshes. In the marsh, to prevent mm-hmm. a fire from destroying the, right. the tachyon thing. And you know what that means, yeah. right, is that Servlang is going to have to wade through the marshes in, in heels. In high heels. <laughs> she wouldn't be caught dead not wearing those heels as we... Wouldn't the crash no, destroy Orac? No, it'd just be a little dented or something. Yeah. I forget what he said. But I thought that was referring to the tachyon gun. Uh, both, I guess. Well, this is he also... Even the, even the shuttle will be reusable once you scrape the mud off. Yeah, this... <laughs> he said then, after, after a few minor it? repairs, this is definitely Agrorian <laughs> just being like, oh, well, you, it'll work, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Avon's like, we gotta drop mass. Villa, we gotta drop mass. Right, because they find out they're not gonna make escape velocity. velocity. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they start jettisoning, jettisoning everything they can. My favorite part of this is how Villa just rips a panel off the wall and they throw the panel out, and there's like a dozen more panels <laughs> identical to the one Villa just ripped off the wall that they just like completely ignore. And I was like, well, I can just rip all those panels off too while you're at it. <laughs> But they don't. <laughs> that would reveal all the plywood. There's like a this this shuttle is like really <laughs> crappily designed too, because you have to go through the airlock to oh. get to the no. to get to like the flight deck from the storage area. You have to go through the airlock to get to the what? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you meant in terms of like how it comes across on on screen, like the set of it all. And I was like, like no, that it's too. Great. No, I think it's great. I love uh-huh. the shuttle. 
I like it too. I the flight deck looks great. The storage room looks. Nah, storage room is questionable. It's all great. Looks like a storage room. <laughs> no, Sergeant yeah. Shreno, you're probably one of those people who likes the Scorpio flight deck. <laughs> damn right, it is the best. Ah, damn, we're three yeah. to two now. <laughs> I really hope Jim and Martin come through for me. <laughs> Spaceships aren't supposed to have lounges. Come on now. Yeah, the, liber- <laughs> the Liberator was an outlier, all right. Except it. <laughs> I mean, I accept that. That doesn't mean I can't like it. More. <laughs> Scorpio flight deck is lame. Prove me wrong. Ch- change my mind. <laughs> Meme. You also gotta wonder. You know, we've talked about this and at length recently. <laughs> I don't know what you're about to say, but I do wonder. <laughs> that Villa mm-hmm. is a lot smarter than he's letting on, obviously, and and he usually knows how to fix the situation and all that. So you gotta yeah. wonder: is he? Does he know about the um, the neutron star thing, and he's just pl- is he is he playing dumb to the extent that he's willing to to possibly die for this? <laughs> you know, I don't think any of them knew about the neutron star thing until Avon literally trips over the plastic cube. Right. No. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there's that, but there's also the question of like, does he have another plan to to save them that he's just not saying because it would it would blow his cover. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure his plans are fairly short term. <laughs> and yeah, I mostly consist are. of, geez, I hope Ava doesn't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inclined to agree, but, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I wonder. Well, because Avon's having a moment where he's like, damn it, what weighs 70 kilos? And then Orak just kind of casually goes, Villa weighs 73 kilos. And Villa's like standing in the background just as the door closes, and you can see his eyes go wide as soon as he hears Orak say this. <laughs> and then this, oh god, this this is one of the best pieces of incidental music in Blake 7. Yeah. Bravo, Dudley Simpson. Bravo! <laughs> and the way Paul Darrow plays this is great as well. It's like, Villa! Villa! Yes. I need your Avon help. pretending to be nice and harmless is always the best. <laughs> and, and But that's what's actually scary about it is that Avon's like trying to like he's he's so out of character he's he's like he's being nice he's like Villa I just I need your help please and it's just it's so scary (laughs) then he realizes there's a neutron star and you can tell you can instantly tell that he flips to like a real moment of panic he's like oh shit oh shit oh shit yeah he's like Villa I actually need your help now like Villa get out here you fool Villa meanwhile is truck thing <laughs> he's just curled up in a, a a room somewhere i guess storage yeah room. yeah like a little compartment mm-hmm. meanwhile down on the planet because uh, igrorian basically talks to server and is like we can just dump pindo as soon as we get off this <laughs> <junk> <laughs> planet pindo <laughs> over right there. there's like a lot of parallels between that and villa overhearing yeah. orak mention that uh, the villa weighs 73 kilos yep Especially since, like, Villa and Pinder in, Pinder in those two shots is standing in basically the exact same place in frame. Yeah, turns out no one in this yeah. story has any peripheral vision. <laughs> in the future, no one will have peripheral vision. It's the real in horror space, of the Blake 7 no. universe. In space, no, no one, one can see from the No one has peripheral vision. Channel. But, yeah, Pinder then is like, 
Red for dead, remember? Red for dead. And then he groins like, what, what, what are you doing? And Pinder's like, red for dead. Pinder, no. <laughs> Hubble's radiation. <laughs> and it like instantly kills Pinder. He instantly just yep. becomes a skeleton. And then we watch yep. it grow in age and grow a big white beard. And then he keels over and dies. He yep. keeler overs and dies. Huh, is that why he was called keeler? I just realized that. <laughs> Danish. <laughs> But yeah, but back you're, on the spaceship. You're right. No, this does introduce, like, you know, Avon's doing the same thing as Servaland. There's this line in the episode where Grorian calls out Avon and the Scorpio crew for committing crimes, and he go, Avon goes, only in the pursuit of liberty. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I don't buy that. Like, that might have been true, like, two times when Blake was still around. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been true when Blake got the Liberator. <laughs> Maybe liberty on a very, very personal level, like maybe liberty is like a woman Avon man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with that. But I Avon, like, uh, the uh, uh, the deaths of Pinder and uh, Igroyan, I thought they did a, a pretty good, simple way of conveying that. You know, they, there wasn't really any kind of progression or anything that they tried to do with special effects. You just see. One shot of Pinder being a skeleton, and one shot of a Grorian with a big beard. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it definitely works. And, and there's the line from a Grorian earlier on where Pinder was only exposed to the radiation for like a millionth of a second, and it aged him 50 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, it sets up how dangerous and, and fast acting this stuff is. You get fast a- acting radiation. <laughs> you get a red filter over the shot as well. Yeah. Which I think was good. <laughs> yes. So Avon uses that little wheelie know, truck what thing. You would call it to to wheel <laughs> the the. Tonka. Tonka. <laughs> Hot Wheels saves the day. <laughs> um, but right, they find out. Avon finds out that a, a tiny particle of a neutron star has been encased mm. in plastic and just left there in the corridor. Yep. Igroyan could have just like put the piece of the neutron star in the ship not encased in plastic and none of them would have even known <laughs> it's high tensile plastic what I also if it wasn't, if it wasn't in that plastic it would probably just fall right through the hull uh, probably actually <clears throat> he could have done more to like hide it you know like there's, put it in there, one of the compartments. There, are, there, there's extensive possibility. There are extensive like courses of action he could have taken, other than just like chucking it in the hallway. Okay, <laughs> really put the least amount of effort into this plan possible. That was the farthest that Pinder could get it with that little Tonka truck. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, the, Avon and Villas try to theorize. Or Avon and Tarrant try to theorize how he got it on the ship, and Avon theorizes that he just modified the automatic systems of the docking bay. So I don't even know if it was Pinder. I think it was just the, like, computers. <laughs> computers moved it. <laughs> ah, no one was talking to you. Shut up. <laughs> Gosh, like, you, your computer is like a ORAC. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Except you can unplug ORAC. <laughs> oh, what, powers, what powers ORAC? The key. Duh. Is the key just like a, is, is the key like a battery or like... Where does, where does Orac get its power from? It's probably, uh, you know, 
Powered by a small particle neutron star. Or <laughs> 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 actually weighs out 8,000 kilos. <laughs> so they can just throw an Orac out. And like... <laughs> uh, but Avon eventually gets the thing out with great difficulty. Yep. No thanks Villa to comes Villa. on and is like, so what did I miss? No, he doesn't do that. Villa <laughs> comes out of the bathroom. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they make it back to Scorpio, and then Villa's like, it's a flight I won't forget, Avon. And Avon's like, yeah, well, I mean, we, we lived. And Villa's like, we almost died. I almost died, Avon. And Avon's like, well, you always said you were safer with me. And then there's just a couple shots of them looking at each other, and which I thought was hilarious. Just a shot of Villa looking upset, shot of Avon being like, whatever. Shot of Villa yep. looking upset again, shot of Avon being like, oh, I don't care. And then it ends. <laughs> So do you think they told them what went on on the ship? No, but I think Villa's going to leak it. He's going to leak it? Leak. <laughs> on the interwebs? Yeah. <laughs> Villa's going to be like, hey guys, Avon tried to kill me. What if uh, Villa runs like a, a Scorpio like fan site or fan page? <laughs> the reason why Adrian like... knows all these things about Scorpios is <laughs> because Villa's been running a fan page. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think they told uh, Tarrant, Dana, and Sulin. They probably, Igroy probably knows about Scorpio from Tarrant's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if Tarrant was the buffoon, like, leaking all their secrets. But Man, you know, I just realized that we didn't even mention Sulin and possibly even Dana until now. They don't That's, do jack in this. Well, same with Tarrant. They all just stay on the ship and they don't really do much. Tarrant at least yeah. contributes in, in dialogue. dialogue. He has some funny lines. Sulin, I mean, we and heard... Sulin doesn't say anything in the story, we, I'm sure of it. I mean... Well, they talk with Tarrant some about, you know, how they can get Avon and Villa off the shuttle. And oh, she, she says, nope, we can't oh, yeah, That's when Tarrant's like, nope, impossible to dock with a moving yeah. ship. Impossible. <laughs> she also pokes fun at Villa. Villa was like, "Well, they they explain tachyon radi or uh, tachyon particles, and it's uh, it was very complicated. You have to know the oh, yeah. principles." Yeah, and Sulin's right. like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Mm -hmm. Yep. Sulin's hair is doing something also equally strange this week as it has been, um, hey. which is that it's a massive braid, oh, side yeah. braid, uh, side braid. But I mean, Thanks. I don't know, we, we heard, you know, early in Series D from multiple different sources that Sulin uh, starts to, midway through the season, starts to have her own character, starts to not just be, you know, the Callie replacement, starts to do more. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And I don't see that that's, I mean, this is, we're two epi three episodes from the end now, and, and I don't see it happening. Well, no one what in this story gold? does anything. What about gold? Yeah, gold. Yeah, sure. gold, gold, sand... I, so I thought it was going to be like a. I thought there was going to be at least one, and maybe there still is. Sulin focused episode. Um, well, I mean, to be fair, like in this episode, Tarrant, Dana, and Sulin all didn't really do anything, so it wasn't a problem limited to only Sulin. Sure. I'm just looking at it from a, a series D. It was a Bob Holmes problem. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I do think this is the strongest episode in series D so far. You think? Yep. Stronger than oh, Sand. Wow. Yep. Absolutely. Agrorian just nails it and, and makes this episode more than it would have been. I disagree with that. I think, Sand <gasps> is, I think Sand is stronger. I like Gold better too, actually, frankly. 
Gold is pretty good too. Yeah, I would rate gold quite highly. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I just felt like this story was. We've seen it before this season. I feel like everybody rates it so highly because of the scenes between Avon and Villa in the shuttle. Yeah, and that's why uh-huh. I consider it so yeah, highly as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like plot-wise, overall, like it's nothing really special. It doesn't really bring anything new to the table. Serverland's trying Take to get Orac. We have another genius who created some super weapon <laughs> that Scorpio is trying to get. You know, none of this is like, nope. none of this is new, and none of it's done in a particularly unique way either. You know, again, you know, setting it up like he may be dead. He was supposed to be dead, but we don't know. That was done before. A giant weapon that could kill anybody, that's been done before. A genius, the greatest genius in the galaxy, that's been done before. Servalan working with the greatest genius in the galaxy has been done before. So <laughs> it's not just it's just not particularly unique to me. I mean the scene between Avon mm. and Villa was pretty good, but like that to me that doesn't make the story as a whole better than like sand or gold, where like the whole story I really enjoyed. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, the things you point out are, are at least part of the reason why I really enjoyed this episode, right? I like these sort of retreads, these iterations. I don't know. I just tend to prefer when things aren't new. <laughs> I prefer when things aren't new. Yeah. It's really weird because you liked the start of the Moffat era because it was totally different than the RTD era. So. Yeah, I mean, I also like when things are new. <laughs> so you're saying there's no consistency in that? You just like things when you like them. Sure. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to take out of my statements is. is well, that's uh, is what I'm taking choice. out of your statements. Your choice. That's what I'm taking out of your statements. I do like the iterative nature of of Series D to some extent, though. I'm bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and I mean, I don't know. Like, and you you claim claim. <laughs> That the scene between Villa and Avon is not enough to to, to pull the episode out of uh, you know wherever it is, and I don't know, like it's one of the best scenes in all of Blake Seven. I mean, still for me, that's not enough to pull it out of uh, the repetitive nature that it was in this whole season. I mean, like in uh, what was the games? You know, I talked all about this computer stuff and how much I loved it, but I still thought Games was like a pretty bad episode overall, right? Like, I don't think. Just having that one thing in it is going to make it a good episode or something that I like overall to me. I feel like the plotting in this episode was particularly good in terms of setting things up and then paying things off. The pace of this uh, episode was good. I'll give it that. Yeah, the pace of this episode was great. There's there's not really any plot holes I can think of. Yeah, like they set up the gun in the shuttle. They they set up the, uh, the neutron star with the... Avon's discussion with the Grorian about uh, what powers the tachyon funnel. They got, you know, the stuff in the beginning about Villa always feeling safe with Avon. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like it was really well structured in addition to the characters that were in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, this was a, you know, great in terms of the, the structure, the pacing. A lot of setup and payoff. Done well. Unlike gold, <laughs> get it? Because they didn't get paid at the end. <laughs> Silverleg got, so got paid. 
Somebody got paid. Sublin made bank. Not only did she get the gold, she got the whole bank of Zebrock as well. Yep. <laughs> I guess we can talk about how the story would be different if Terry Nation wrote it. Uh, I don't know if it would be that different. Except the pacing would be way worse. What Terry Nation think of this episode? Well, how would Terry Nation like write this episode? I guess is kind of the thing. Bob Holmes is a writer who's pretty similar to Terry Nation yeah, in a lot of ways, which for sure. makes this story a little bit difficult to do this for because Terry Nation and Bob Holmes share a lot of similarities in writing style and the kind of themes that they like to try yeah. to integrate into the story. Yeah, they do. And we talk about like sort of this old guard, new guard type of thing that Blake Seven. No, I mean really that Blake Seven is like on the cusp of just that phrasing. Of, like, yeah, I mean I don't know. Of like you have these, you have the sort of older writers from a, a previous era, like Terry Nation, like Robert Holmes. Then you also have people like Chris Boucher, Tanith Lee, who are maybe part of a, a newer generation or newer era of writers. And Blake Seven is sort of on the threshold of, of these two, mm-hmm. which makes for a really interesting show. And I agree, this wouldn't necessarily be too different if Terry Nation wrote it. I was struggling to think of really anything that would be different. I couldn't come up with anything except that the pacing would be. A Maybe Groyan would different. be in like a wheelchair. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really wouldn't. This is the repetitive nature of Series D's that Terry Nation. It's pretty repetitive in Series A. Let's uh, not <laughs> give him too much credit here. But honestly, not as repetitive as Series D. Not which is, as repetitive which is as strange Series considering D. It's from, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I agree. Not strange. as repetitive. But like you know, you would have drawn all these similar plot elements. I think the pacing would have been worse, and I think that is really the main thing I can think of for this. Is like maybe some of the scenes would have been shuffled around. Uh, Serverland would have been introduced earlier, maybe, which would have undermined her, like, sort of reveal. I mean, there's kind of a reveal of Serverland in this story. No, there definitely is. Yeah. And it's better than it usually is. Yeah. The Takian Fano will be shaped like a giant Dalek arm. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Nation, I, I, I just found out um, from making Blake 7, actually denied that he tried to include the Daleks in Blake 7. Whereas I pretty much everyone too. else says that he did. Yeah, Chris Boucher was like, Terry Nation came to me and was like, can we include the Daleks? Yeah. And I was like, no, <laughs> Terry. Terry Nation played it off as like, yeah, I said that in passing as a joke, but I was never serious about it. It was never came up in actual discussion. <laughs> Considering how many people have come out and they're like, <laughs> Terry wanted to include the Daleks. I'm going to lean towards it. It wasn't really a joke <laughs> when Terry said it. I still think that would have been cool to have the Daleks instead of the Andromedans. Would have been strange. I think I would have liked it. I mean, as weird as it as it would have been, I don't know. Very weird. Would have been cool. Fantasy Blake Seven. It, it would have been cool if they could have shown him restraint, and that was the only time we saw them, and they didn't become the like recurring villain of Blake Seven like they were on Doctor Who. If it was just like a cool little cameo. No one wants the cats thing. out of the bag, you know. You can't, <laughs> you can't put the you... toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> yeah, I, I, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never really heard about the Andromedans again after yeah, the exactly. big war. Yeah, but the Andromedans weren't the Daleks. Once you once you make that reveal of this cultural icon, <laughs> can't put the cultural icon back in the toothpaste tube. Mm. <laughs> I don't think the cultural icon came out of the toothpaste tube. You don't think toothpaste is a cultural icon? Dalek-flavored toothpaste. Oh God. <laughs> Exterminates flack. Exterminates. <laughs> Ex- 
exterminate gum disease. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say on this. Yeah, this was just a solid episode. The best <laughs> Series D has to offer. The best Blake 7 has to offer. Oh, that's a lofty claim that I disagree with. <laughs> I was surprised. I actually, I was scrolling through my Twitter to try and find a particular image, and I, I happened upon the poll I put out months ago about which series of Blake 7 people like the most, and Series D won that poll. Granted, it only, had nice. like 30, it only had like 30-something people voting in it, but Series D was the highest. I didn't even vote on that poll, so, you know, it would have been 31 or something. Is, so your your favorite is Series D then, Sergeant Reno? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. It's interesting. My favorite, maybe. See I mean, it also has the worst episode of Blake 7 in it, but Which overall I still like Animals? Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still, still think Traitor is worse than Animals. <laughs> also in Traitor. Series D, though. It's true. Series Wait, D's giving we... us the highest highs and the lowest lows. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I think we meant to ask you, Sergeant Reno, why did you dislike games so much? You gave games the same rating you gave animals. Oh, yes. You were wondering why I rated games the same as animals, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what did I rate animals? Two out of seven. I didn't give it one? No, you gave no. it a two. And I gave games a two, two out of seven. Okay. Well, I think the reason that I gave animals two stars instead of one star is mainly just because, uh, like I mentioned in my email, uh, that's the only episode of Blake 7 that I could watch over and over again for like five years. So it it has a certain horrible sentimental uh, quality in my heart. So it gets an extra star just for that. It's a nostalgia Mm. point. Nostalgia points. Yes. That Nostalgia. means that it's not necessarily the worst episode of Blake 7, do you? Because you tied it with no, games. No, it's, it's still the worst episode. It just yeah, but you tied it with games, point. though. You gave them both the same ranking. She was well, tied for your least favorite. There's, there's like, well, there's, there's favorite, and then there's, you know, how good it actually is. So, where, whereas I, I am still fond of the episode, I acknowledge that it is pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. I, I don't even know how many times I watched Avon kick that chair over. <laughs> <laughs> what a reaction gif of just Avon kicking that chair over, honestly. It is a pretty I'm sure you'll be able to he, he owns that chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. You know what? You had canon accepted. Okay. I accept your explanation. <laughs> Doesn't mean I have to agree with it, but I accept it. I accept it. Well, that wraps up everything I have to say and ask. Same here? Same here, until the email, of course. Oh, right. We have one one email this week to respond to with Sergeant Drano. We may have more by the time this goes out. Uh, This email comes from uh, regular correspondent Sergeant Drano, so if you'd like to respond to it with us, uh, Sergeant Drano, um, I'll go ahead and read it out. Hey guys, so Orbit, the greatest episode of Blake 7, the episode that finally provides the secret answer to the ultimate question, how much does Villa weigh? Avon's back in his quote proper unquote outfit from the first half of the season, looks like everyone else is sticking with their later getups though, and we meet Agrorian and Pinder who check out the Scorpio on the screen and immediately dissolve into the classic mad scientist roster. Ooh, you know we're in for a good one. 
Villa, it might have occurred to you this might be a Federation trap. Avon, well, of course it's occurred to me. Why do you think I'm sending Tarrant? It seems clear that Egorian's <laughs> auto shuttle was the inspiration for the Earth Force shuttle in Babylon 5. See attached. I'll save the rest of my comments for the podcast. See you in a sec, Sergeant Drano, Station 7, the door. And, uh, yeah, I think the Sergeant Drano hit on everything we said in our episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think of the uh, the attached pictures that I included? Do you guys ever watch Babylon 5? Do you know uh, what I'm I haven't seen about? Babylon yeah, 5, I actually. Oh. I read that um, the creators of the show denied any connection or inspiration from Lake 7. As they would. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I read online, at least. That's not true. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, your your statement is not true. The, the creator has acknowledged that he was a huge fan of Blake Seven and oh, the Prisoner, really? and both uh, both of those things were fight, 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 fight. Uh, I mean, I just skimmed Wikipedia, so maybe I'm misinformed. Yeah, you've been misinformed by Wikipedia, and I'm but, also uh, misinforming listeners, as it turns out. <laughs> Damn it, Keon. Well, this is exactly what Maurice was talking about a week ago. We're we're, <laughs> well, we're part of it. <laughs> but what do you think of those pictures? Yeah, I mean, I see the resemblance. Hang on, let me show Keon. Boom. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's, there we go. <laughs> That's your reaction to this glorious picture. <laughs> that it's glorious. regular correspondent Sergeant Drano spent all this time cropping these images together. Yeah, Microsoft Paint. <laughs> 4.6 billion years in paint. <laughs> 4.6 billion dollars in paint down the drain. <laughs> Cropping, copying, <laughs> pasting, like a mofo. $4.6 million on paint. I don't know to think about it. Microsoft Paint, not like real paint. <laughs> it's easy yeah. to spend $4.6 million on real paint. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like the average cost to paint like a Navy battleship, I bet. I don't know. I'm going to look it up now. I actually wonder I mean, how much that gunmetal gray paint costs. I mean, now that Microsoft has like ditched paint on new versions of windows maybe there are people who are like you know black market like buying paint (laughs) paint Paint. 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 (laughs) i'm gonna go home for homework and look up how much that paint that they use to paint those battleships costs now i feel like that would be the most expensive paint i could think of except i guess paint for like a rocket ship i don't know i'm gonna google it what's the most expensive paint (laughs) Yeah, probably the shuttle paint that they put on the shuttle. Well, consider that to be paint that bad boy every time it came in. <laughs> anyway, we're just digressing now. Thank Computer, you. what's the most expensive paint? I just noted paint in your Amazon cart. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> something you'd like to for checkout. Whack! <laughs> 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 and on that now note I'm, now I'm buying the most expensive paint oh. <laughs> accidentally spend 4.6 billion on paint yep. oh yeah. man that's as good a place as any to. <laughs> if you have anything you would like to uh, shamelessly plug Mr. Sergeant Drano Station 7 The Door uh, well, where we can find your I stuff have a podcast uh, consultations have the door um, sometimes we talk about TV shows on a podcast sometimes uh, we haven't done it in a while we'll probably do one again before too long uh, we started out with Lost uh, we did uh, um, Walking Dead for quite a while 
And now we just kind of do whatever we feel like doing. So we'll see. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Sounds good to me. Thank you for being on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as Thank always. You. My pleasure. Uh, and if you'd like to email us, you can reach us at thedoctordecadivegetable.com. Questions, comments, concerns, angry rants, love letters, your thoughts on Orbit and uh, Villa weighing 73 kilos. You can find us on YouTube at Decadive Vegetable. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play at Zenith, a Blake 7 podcast. Be sure to leave a rating if you liked the show. Check us on Facebook, Trust Your Doctor. Like us on Facebook. Also check us on Twitter at TYD Podcast and follow us on Twitter. And uh, once again, thank you, Sergeant Reyna. Yeah, thank you very much for being on. And next time, we're watching Warlord. But until then, the end. <laughs>